0: Welcome to the Tinderbox. we are the podcast for matchsticks and gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. So far today, it's Mark and Michael, Uh, Gordy's trying to get in, Um, seems like there's a little bit of technical difficulties, maybe it's wind or a giant water bottle that fell on him today, who knows. But uh, Michael, we've got some news out of Calgary, Um, I guess first off I'll ask you, how are you doing, and I'm assuming you're slightly tired. Slightly tired from a late night, but um, I'm in a pretty good mood today, I gotta say. Yeah, and I think um, your good mood, I mean, other than being on this rock star, rock-solid killer podcast, is the Calgary Flames have a brand-new head coach. Last night, after Calgary's 7-3 to dismantling of the Ottawa Senators, um, Jeff Ward was relieved of his duties, and Calgary brought back Daryl Sutter. So, Daryl Sutter, the Daryl Sutter who took the Flames to the Stanley Cup Finals in 03-04, the Daryl Sutter who fleeced the san jose sharks for mika Kippersoft is now the bench boss of the calgary flames uh michael thoughts
1: uh i'm just really excited honestly because i didn't know if this team would have the guts to make a big move and um i've kind of talked about it a bit on twitter already but it really feels like this is the kind of move that you're going to see from a team that's kind of just saying screw it we're going all in like they're kind of, in my opinion, pushing all their chips in at this point uh, with uh, Sutter. Because if it doesn't really work out with him for a couple of years, I think at that point they look at just tearing it all down. So, um, for what they're doing with this hiring is that they're finally telling that core that like this is your last chance. You can't have the excuse that you don't have a good coach anymore. Like it's all on the players now, and I'm really excited
0: to see how they respond uh, once he gets behind the bench in a few days. Yeah, I think it's a, it's to me. A... If you're going to get rid of Ward, I was nervous quickly that this was going to be an interim deal. It's not, it's a three year contract. So this year is one, even though it's going to be like a half a year in theory. So and then he'll get two years after that. Um, I like the idea that Calgary finally went out and got a big name coach. Sutter is a big name coach. We mentioned it, the Flames were within a goal of winning the cup in 2004. Um, he won Stanley Cups with two Stanley Cups with the Kings and went to a conference finals with the Kings. It's not like, and each team he jumped into wasn't a world-beater team ready to go on a Stanley Cup run. He took those teams and built them in his mold of hard work, you know, take no crap, play smart hockey, play good defensive hockey, and mix it up a little bit and made those teams who they were. Um, your thoughts on that? I think it's like he's got a good core right now, but he needs to build that core in his vision, no?
1: Yeah, I think he's going to do a really good job at kind of getting some of these guys who weren't doing well under Jeff Ward to get them going, but I think he's also going to do a good job at um, guys like Matthew Kachak, Andrew Mangiapani, guys who are already hard workers. I think they're just going to excel under him. I think Sutter's going to give them tons of opportunity and tons of minutes to really show how good they can be, and I think um, he he plays a really smart, or he coaches a really smart strategy, and I think... Um, there might be a few growing pains getting it kind of going here, which hopefully it's not too long as the season's kind of getting to that point where they need to make a run, but I'm excited to see what he can do and how quickly he can kind of get them playing under his mold here.
0: Yeah. He doesn't get to come in until Monday. He has to sit through the NHL uh, quarantine protocol, but seeing he's been in Alberta and working with the ducks remotely, um, it's not like he's coming from somewhere else. So that's a good start for him. Um, So, he you know has to quarantine, but only for a limited amount of time, so that's a bonus for calgary um now are you would you be disappointed if the Flames didn't make the playoffs this year, if it maybe took Sutter a little time to work with this core and kind of piece it together the way he wants it, and then you know maybe you sacrifice just missing the playoffs, and then next year you come back stronger, or do you think bringing in Daryl Sutter says we have to make the playoffs this year?
1: Uh, in my opinion, I feel like for, to bring in Sutter, like they're clearly obviously trying to make the playoffs, but without him, like if they just kept Ward, it kind of feels like they wouldn't have. So if he isn't quite able to pull it all together, I won't be totally upset by it, but I feel like if they miss it with Sutter, maybe the management and the ownership would be more upset by it, and they could make moves then. But no, at least for me as a fan, I won't be super upset if they make the playoffs just because my expectations have come down quite a bit, but at the same time, it will be kind of disappointing just because, like, there is so much potential right now with this team.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's one of those like, if they make it great, if they don't, okay, um, you're looking forward toward next year. Um, Brad, you're living today in his press conference uh, was asked, you know, is do you finally have? Not to paraphrase the question was like, do you finally have a coach to work for this core? Because at some point, don't these players? aren't the players responsible for the, you know, the comings and goings or failures of the team. And Treleving said, it's always been about the players. You know, he goes, but I just can't make wholesale changes with the roster, you know? And I think that's kind of a shot of the, across the bow with the players to be like, I have a guy here. We've had guys here, but now I really, really, we really have a guy. If you guys aren't going to perform, you're gone. Not Daryl. What do you think of that? Is that a bad assumption on my part? Uh-
1: yeah, I think it's really good. Real quick, I just want to see, did I hear Gordy come in, or is he still
0: not on yet? I don't see him, no. He was going to pop in, and then he popped out again, so he's having, still okay, having a definitely good Anyways,
1: uh, yeah, no, I think that was a really good, or really at least understandable quote from True Living. Like, yeah, he's right. As much as people want the team to be better, like, he isn't able to just ship out six guys and bring in six new guys on a moment's notice, like... Unfortunately for coaches in all sports, like they're kind of the ones who are on the chopping blocks if a move has to be made. And it's not one you take lightly, but at the same time, like it's the one that could have the quickest and the biggest effect on the team. And, um, you yeah, know, I thought he was really... I thought all of, most of his answers during the press conference were uh, more or less what we were expecting and pretty strong answers as to why he made
0: the move and why he chose to do it now. And also, too, this is like... you got to think, this is brad's last chance here right i mean he's been getting was it five coaches six coaches five or six coaches since 2015 um that's not a great track record of coaches on your in your nhl franchise like you figure this has to be it for him right he's tied to sutter and if this doesn't work out everything gets scrapped
1: yeah definitely it's um it's been quite the little run of coaches i think um I can't remember which media member it was. So I was asking in the press conference, too, but yeah, basically i the same lines. Like, uh, I think it kind of letting what you said earlier with the, it's on the players response, but yeah, that's like five or six coaches under his tenure now. And, uh, I did find it interesting that they're both on three year deals, tree living and Sutter now. So kind of feels like if this doesn't work out, they're kind of just gonna, the flames are just going to kind of clean house after, but, um, no, I think this is kind of a guy he wanted. He said he'd reached out to him a few times before about potentially coaching, and uh, yeah, I, I like the hire, and like I said earlier, they're they're all in with it, and I'm pretty happy that Brad chose Sutter after everything was said and done.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's a definite Hail Mary, but I love it. I I think, you know, you brought it up at the end of the podcast last week, and I said, you know what, as long as he's, you know, to, to go the opposite way of Bill Parcells, as long as he's you know, not buying all the groceries, but he's doing the cooking. I'm fine with that. Um, you know, cause the, and I don't want to get into the GM part of it because that's been harped on enough. Um, I just, I like somebody coming in to bring a little toughness to this team. Um, Pat Steinberg keeps saying he's makes the word the locker room uncomfortable in a good way. And I definitely think that, I think there's been some players on this team kind of coasting through this season. Um, you know, cause I don't think Jeff Ward is, he doesn't come across as, that extreme disciplinary and I don't think he's throwing sticks a la Glenn Gullitson, you know, up into the stands. Um, but I think Sutter is going to tell you, this is my way. This is how this team is run. And if you don't like it, hit the bricks. Um, and I wonder how this affects a guy like Sam Bennett, who's been sulking all season. Do you think maybe a guy like Sutter gets to Bennett and reaches him or does Sutter look at a guy like Bennett and be like, I don't want that guy. He's already quit on this team. What do you think about that? Um, I was actually just about to bring up that, but yeah, I
1: think it's going to be really interesting to see how he kind of fits into what Sutter's trying to do with this team. Because on paper, it kind of seems like he'd be the perfect player for a uh, Daryl Sutter team. Like he just he has that physical element, he has some skill, and he can really bring up his play when he uh, when it's a high pressure situation. But I don't know if I'm the flames now, I'm going to give Bennett like another maybe 10 games to kind of see how we can play under Sutter and see if Sutter can kind of give him a spark. And if he's still really not coming along like then maybe you make a move, but um, for at least now I think you kind of have to see if Sutter can bring out the best of him. Cause like I said, it really seems like a, what could be a good relationship if uh, Bennett can get back to where he's been before and Sutter can kind of bring that out of him.
0: Yep. I, Yeah. I guess it makes sense, you know, to give him one more shot. I just – if if Jeff Ward was the coach of the Flames today still, if he didn't get you know, relieved of his duties last night, with Bennett being a healthy scratch last night, I kind of thought that that was the writing on the wall. And we'll get into why I thought that was later in the podcast. Some guy named Derek Ryan showing up, um, I think, if Ward had stayed, put the nail and neck off him. But we'll, we'll talk about that after the break. Um, but, yeah, you know, it, Bennett does kind of seem like that guy that – Sutter would like having on his team a guy who's physical, a guy who grind. Like I said to you, I'm like, could you imagine Michael Furlan and Garnett Hathaway playing for him? Like those two guys out there with Kachuk. I mean, you know, they obviously it's not gonna happen because they're long gone and furlan has got injury issues and Hathaway's doing fine in Washington, but it's one of those things like I couldn't imagine like the smile on those guys' faces to play with a guy, play for a guy like Daryl Sutter. Um, so coming out of last night's game, d seven to three, you know, okay. Will the flames going to be another team that they're going to go on a run or they're going to you know, win a game, lose three, win a game, lose three, give you that little bit of hope And And then out of nowhere, the firing comes, then the hiring comes and it was just, I, I really can't remember an ending to a flames game with that much drama that wasn't even on the the ice. Can you? Yeah, nothing really particularly comes to mind for me. I remember when they did the Dion
1: Phaneuf trade, I think that was like a day after they just spanked the Oilers, like six to one or something. That's the only thing I can kind of remember with like similar drama, but I don't think I've seen in really any sport recently where a team comes out, has honestly one of their better games in a while, wins seven to three, and then within an hour of that, their coach is out the door and there's already the replacements pretty much already in his tractor coming down the highway. Like it's, <laughs> it, it, it was a pretty eventful night. and. Uh, I don't know. It was exciting, but also like there was so much going on on Twitter. You're just trying to catch up on everything. It was a lot of fun, but it was also kind of a, a lot of uncertainty surrounding. It. At least that's how
0: I felt with it. Yeah, no, I agree. I that was one of those um, things. Was like it was. I guess the closest thing I could remember would be like the Aginla trade to Boston that didn't happen. That went to Pittsburgh because that was kind of a mess. But everybody saw. Like it was time. I mean, I guess everybody saw that it was time for Jeff Ward to go too. but I didn't think the flames are going to make a move with Ward this season. I thought they would probably just ride it out and um, you know, see what happens. But the, the, again, the thing we all knew was coming, it had to come from both sides. Like he needed out of Calgary, Calgary needed out. And it just, it didn't, you know, compensation wise, it didn't exactly work out the way it should have. But that's the only thing I could you know, that I could think was close to that. But last night was, just, it was unbelievable. You, you win seven to three. Ward throws the lines in a blender. I was very critical um, pregame of that stuff and his lines that he put out there, but they all worked, um, you know. So it was like, all right, well, maybe maybe something's getting through, maybe something's working. And then, sure enough, but it was so the time of the game got over eleven thirty last night, something like that, quarter or twelve, like you know my time, twelve thirty, quarter yeah. of one a.m. in the morning, really? boom, you know, and in classic Flames fashion, we're gonna break news in the middle of the night you know, there's the end of Jeff Ward and we start the Daryl Sutter era for the second time. So um, his thing is said he had unfinished business uh, referring to o three o four. It's like he's on a mission. He has a job and he wants o three o four to be resolved. He wants a cup in Calgary. Um, how realistic do you think that is?
1: Um, is? Well, we'll see with this team. Like I said it before in the season, if things kind of clicked, like they do have the talent to be like a contending team, in my opinion, but they never really clicked so far this year under Ward. But I I just really like the notion of a coach. Karina. I know every coach, when they're hired, they say their goal is to win a championship. But, like, you see a guy like Sutter who has been retired for the better part of four or five years. I know he did some stuff with the Ducks kind of on the side. But to see a guy who clearly this has been on his mind for a while now, that if he ever got a shot in Calgary, he'd take it and uh, come back with this kind of determination, like with a proven successful coach, I'm super excited to see it. And uh, I I don't know. I don't think the flames are too far out from if they get a run, get into the playoffs and Sutter has been playing his way. Like,
0: I don't think it's as far fetched as some people might be thinking it is right now. Yeah. It's kind of like what he did with the Kings. He took over an LA team that wasn't doing anything spectacular. And then there you go. The Kings are off and running and the, Kings win two Stanley cups. Um, You know and I mean? He, he got two very good pieces when he was here in Calgary and Kiprasov and again, and rode those two, you know, all the way to a game seven, you know? So I, I mean, it was a long time ago, but the Calgary run definitely a long time ago Uh, the Kings run not exactly that long ago. You know, it's not like a ton has changed and you read all the quotes from him and uh, Shane is super excited because sutter loves anal you know analytical stuff he loves statistics and you know it's not like that stuff's new to him either so i think i think this could be a, a pretty good marriage for calgary and sutter i just i'm excited for the some of the core pieces to see how they do like i want to see like if giordano's game flips and turns around because they have you know a bona fide nhl coach like goudreau's 2 wig i know people people all over him because he has not played enough defense i don't care if johnny gaudreau plays defense it's not why johnny gaudreau's in calgary but he's expanded his game he's a he's a more of a two-way player i'm not saying he's a two-way player he's more of a two-way player this season um he's he four checks he gets his stick in the lane he's hustling back on defense he's not just floating up you know in the neutral zone waiting for a, a stretch pass to go in on a breakaway. uh like i want to see him on this starter because he's one of those guys that's been mentioned as like oh he's not going to do well under Sutter he's not going to do well under Sutter I think Darrell Sutter might bring out more from Johnny Gaudreau what do you think
1: yeah I think Sutter um his style seems to always kind of cater to bringing out the best in whoever's in his lineup and uh Johnny Gaudreau had some of his better years under guys like Bob Hartley who played a albeit running gun style but like a tougher style as well and I think he seems to do a little bit better when there's um, a little bit more control on him. Like some of his not great years were under Gulletson and under uh, Ward here. So like just, just to see him kind of get that opportunity to kind of excel and that maybe also his linemates. Uh, I know there's a certain fellow playing center that we've all wanted to get a kick in the pants for a while. <laughs> maybe that alone will help Goudreau hit a new level this year. So, um, you yeah, know, I'm very excited to see a uh, 13 under a coach like Sutter who, uh, is definitely going to push him, but I think he's going to push him the right way. I think he knows which buttons to push on Gaudreau
0: to get him playing his best hockey. I agree, and I I don't think you really have a choice at this point. Um, if you want to play for the Calgary Flames in the next three years, you're going to have to play for Daryl Sutter, and you're going to have to suck it up and get into his system and deal with it. If you want to win, he's a proven track record as a head coach as a winner, and you know there's other players that have been interviewed that have said not everybody likes. Sometimes what he says, not everybody likes the system sometimes, but in the end of the day, you like the results. You know, if you get the hoist, the Stanley cup, because that guy was your head coach and you bought into the system and maybe there were days where practice sucked or, you know, maybe he called you a name you didn't like, or he gave you a hard time or he benched you, whatever. At the end of the day, your ultimate goal is to hold Lord Stanley's cup in your hand. I, I think you just deal with whatever comes along within reason, you know, like it can't be anything ridiculous, but it, Tough coaches are sometimes the best coaches. Sometimes tough love is what's needed. doesn't have to be anything outrageous. doesn't have to be anything that crosses a line. But I'm I'm excited to see this because you know what? And this is not a knock against Jeff Ward, but I feel like these guys have to respect Daryl Sutter. Jeff Ward, this was his first head coaching job in the offseason. He said, oh, I'd rather, you know, I'll go back to being an assistant if they need me to. Um, I don't know, players, how you can – fall in line with that like, oh, yeah, we totally respect our head coach who wants to be an assistant coach. Um, it almost seems like, you know, Sutter walks in, he should immediately command the room. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, with Sutter, you get somebody who you know what you're going to get. It's not like some of these other newer coaches we've seen, uh, guys like Gullitson, guys like Ward, even Bill Peters to an extent, like coaches that really had to still kind of prove themselves to their new team and to the fans and to the rest of the league. Like, with Sutter, you get someone who's, no matter what he does in Calgary, he's still going to have those two cup rings. He's still going to have all of his track record of success. Like this is a guy who's just going to say like, I don't really care what you think. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to do what I do because I do it well. Whereas in the past we've seen coaches that have had to uh, really kind of almost get the team to buy into them as well as their systems. And uh, I think that's why we've seen the last few years, like some of these coaches, their messages have kind of waned after a year, year and a half, just because, if the team isn't seeing as much success as they were hoping, like they kind of lose faith in him. But with Sutter, you know that if you buy in, like even if you lose faith, he's going to give you a kick in the pants. You can find your way out the door. Like it's not an option anymore whether or not you're going to stay bought in after a little while with Sutter.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think this is, I think this is, unfortunately, you never want to see somebody lose their job. So, you know, we, you know, it's, it stinks Jeff Ward gets fired, but that's part of the business and part of sports. And I just think, this is now, for this current flame setup, the absolute right move. Um, whether you like his techniques, whether you like his old school mentality, this team needs a little bit of that old school, and they need somebody out there that they have to respect because this guy commands the room. He's done more in hockey than any of these guys on this flame roster have or potentially will. So um, I, I think it's great, and I think retro living, I think you know, maybe even ownership had seen enough where it's, It was time to cut the cord, bring in somebody who can whip this team into shape and show them how to play hockey properly. Um, Anything else you want to add on, um, Daryl Sutter, before we take a break?
1: Uh, Not too much. I'm just excited to see him. It sounds like he's probably not getting into like Monday at this point. I think the next game, then he would have his Thursday. So it should give him a few days to kind of get set up. And uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited.
0: Uh, Yeah, let's keep going into the next part, I guess. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on the Tinderbox. When we come back, we're going to talk about last night's game in Ottawa and probably one of the keys to the Flames' success that could take away some success, some success, ooh, good, from another player. We'll be right back on the Tinderbox. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Welcome back to the Tinderbox, the podcast for matchsticks and gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. It's Mark and Michael today. Uh, Michael, 7-3 last night. Flames take down the Ottawa Senators. And as I was happy as I was to see the Flames win, I was also like, here we go. They look good today. They'll get blown up by Edmonton. They'll lose to Ottawa. They'll beat the Canadians. We'll get excited. Then they'll lose. It's been a weird pattern. But last night, I feel like they got so much jump from Derek Ryan being back in the lineup. Uh, Ryan in that fourth line accounted for four points last night. He had a goal and an assist. I think it's like his first multi-point game since last January. So it's been over a calendar year for him with a multi-point game. Uh, Josh Levo got his first goal as a member of the Calgary Flames. Brett Ritchie got his first goal as a member of the Flames. Monaghan, all of a sudden, Monaghan out of nowhere created his own offense, turned the puck over, created a turnover, well, created a turnover, caused a turnover, brought the puck in, shot and scored. He looked decent. Gaudreau had an assist. Kachuk was flying, the defense looked good. Giordano was into it with um Brady Kachuk. Like, things looked good last night. And I don't know if, you know, word was coming down or some players had some sort of inkling of what was going on, but they looked like a team that was a little more physical, had a little more giddy up in it. And I honestly, I I think Derek Ryan is a huge part of that. Am I wrong?
1: Yeah, I'm somebody who's always going to go to bat for Derek Ryan. Like I think he's I was really behind signing him a couple of years ago when he was in free agency. And uh, yeah, I will be on the Derek Ryan leg until he's gone someday in the future. Like he's, he's exactly what you need from a bottom six center. He wins draws. He, he's a smart player. He knows where to be. He's really good at the defensive end of the ice. And he's last couple of years, he chipped in 30, 35 point pace uh, seasons. Like he's, He's exactly what you need, and I thought the team took a huge step forward last night, getting him back in the lineup, because uh, no disrespect to like a Byron Fraser, or Glenn Godden, like it's just night and day how much better Ryan can be
0: really stabilizing that bottom six core. Exactly. I mean, he's a veteran presence out there who doesn't do anything spectacular, but just does the little things well. Which is why it was so good to see him back in the lineup last night. Uh, and Dylan Dubé, uh, the Flames needed to get some offense, and the Dubé kind of threw Calgary on his back last night. Gets his first ever NHL hat trick, um, and that that his goal that got the hat trick, that shot from the circle was that thing was an absolute snipe. There was no way he wasn't getting a hat trick last night. Uh, Dubé, one of those guys that kind of seems like if there were no boards in the rink, he would skate out to the parking lot. Like it's like the boards are the only thing keeping him in there because he's just so end to end back and forth. Like skates like um, recklessly, I guess would be the word for it. Um, I thought his performance last night, he's had a great season as it is, but last night, I think he's another one of those guys that took another step for the flames. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I've been pretty encouraged by Dubay as a whole this year. I think it's been a really good season for him kind of getting more of a role, especially in the top six. And, uh, yeah, I think last night was just another, like, high point in what we're kind of seeing in his development. Like, he's still 22. He's just in kind of his, quote-unquote, third full season, although I know he spent part of, or second full season, sorry. And, uh, like, I think we're kind of just seeing him progress as, as expected. And um, if he can even kind of bring, like, an effort similar to that, now that he's with Kachuk and Lindholm, and I'm kind of hoping Sutter will keep them together, like, I don't know. I think he could be in line for more nights like last night maybe not a hat trick every night, but like yeah. more nights like that where he's producing and looking dangerous almost every shift. And uh, it, it was really exciting to see him kind of take that step.
0: Yeah. And I mean, even like, like I said earlier, the lines drove me nuts when I looked at them, the guys that were in the guys that weren't in, but like, you know, the, the Gaudreau, Levo, Monaghan line was good. You just mentioned the Lindholm, Kachuk, Dubay line, but what about the Backlund, Lucic, Mangiapane line, like those guys were skating like the hair was on fire too. Like, I just like, I feel like Lucic all of a sudden has got this, it's like he's gone through the rejuvenation machine. Like it's this time of year, like he's excited. And a guy who's played for Daryl Sutter before, I can't imagine how excited he is right now because he's really taken over as a vocal leader. And okay, he's not, you know, he's not Mario Lemieux. He's never going to be, you know, he's not Connor McDavid. But I think what he's giving the Flames is fantastic.
1: Yeah, I was super impressed again by him last night. I know he had that one... Playing the first period where he ran over, I think it was Eric Branson, who's not a small guy. Then took the puck down for a two-on-one and had a pretty good chance. And he was looking fast. And yeah, I, I again, I think I said this last podcast, but all I want of the Flames is guys who are giving their best effort and really making it look like they care out there. And Lucic has been doing that in spades this year. His, he's got a few goals to show for himself. Like I've been really happy with him. And I think, like you said, he could be a guy who thrives. from, so under uh, Sutter, and I, I think he's he could be one of those guys that like if the Flames end up having a mark, like a huge season, a big run, or something like he could be one of those guys that's like you never really
0: expected something to come out of him, but he could be a guy that kind of throws the team on his back more or less. Yeah, he's one of those guys. that Regular season performance, and it's going to sound like it's going to sound so contradictory because I, I rail on the Bennett postseason regular season thing but Lucic Lucic has good regular season numbers for for what he is at this point in his career but I think he's also a guy that you're bringing in for the postseason because he's that veteran leader who's been there before he's been there he's done that with the Bruins with the Kings he's you know Lucic is a good veteran hockey player and a good presence I think for the Flames in that locker room um speaking of good presence uh Jacob Markstrom coming off IR back on the Calgary bench so Maybe David Riddick will get a break um on Saturday as the Flames take on the drought ridden Edmonton Oilers. And um I can't imagine that Drysidel and McDavid are gonna go another game without a goal. Uh, your thoughts. Yeah, I think it's
1: just what they do. They especially against the Flames for McDavid, like Whenever I whenever the Flames are playing them, I know you got chalk up like one to two goals that McDavid's gonna have a significant part in, and you kind of just have to hope the Flames score three if they're gonna win. Like, it really doesn't matter how good Markstrom plays; it doesn't matter how good the defense is. Like, he's just that good that you're not gonna be able to stop him, especially when he's pissed off after having three not great games against the Leafs. Like, it could be a little ugly, but hopefully the Flames uh, with this last game have found a bit of a scoring touch again and can at least try and uh, go shot for shot with the best two players in the
0: league yeah what did, what did markstrom say after the sixth think of the 6-4 victory in the first meeting of the season he said i don't care how many goals i give up as long as i have one less than the guy at the other end of the ice you know which i thought was a great quote it kind of puts it into perspective where you're like we all look at stats, be like, oh God, you've got to have a save percentage of at least, you know, nine, ten, your goals against has got to be under three. But for the guy at the end of the end of the net, he's he's like, dude, as long as like we've got six, they got five, we win. Doesn't matter to him, you know. So um Markstrom, I just hope that now with maybe a new staff in there, you get Markstrom for maybe three, then you get one from Riddick, Markstrom for three, one you know, or some sort of thing like that. Because even you saw it with Ward with when when uh, Markstrom got hurt they just rode Riddick into the ground. Riddick's what started like seven games in a row now, you know, and he's been involved in seven out of the last 10, something ridiculous like that. Like it's like, and I know they're trying to get their footing, but they, I know they're paying Markstrom that kind of money, but he played in what 15 of the first 17 or 18 games the flames had this season. They can't do that to him coming back from injury. Can they?
1: Yeah. Especially with the, uh, like you said, coming back from injury, you'd have to hope the flames are kind of smart about it, depending on, I know we haven't gotten exactly what the injury was, but, like, usually some of those, there's a good risk of re-aggravation. But, yeah, with Sutter, you're going to have to be um, maybe a little bit concerned because he kind of did have that history of running Kipler <laughs> into the ground for a few years. But I think at least this stretch, at the very least, gave the Flames enough confidence that they can roll both of them when they're both healthy and playing well. And uh, I think he'll still March will sp- still be the number one, get, like, two-thirds at least, 75% of the starts. But uh, yeah, I don't think they have to be afraid to really give it to Riddick anymore. Even though he wasn't great over those Ottawa games, like he still showed at least against the Leafs that he can bring it even against good teams. So yeah, no, I think they're in a really good position goaltending wise once they're both uh, healthy and ready to go.
0: Yeah, it's it's such a weird season. Like when you give up three goals on seventy-three shots against the best team in the league, and then you get lit up by the Ottawa Senators. Uh, to me, it's just that's just that's the Flame season right there in a nutshell. Um, so, um, yeah, so we got the Flames and Oilers on Saturday, and then they jump right back into it, Flames and Senators on Sunday. It's it's busy. Uh, you know, Daryl Sutter's coming into a, a kind of a mess, but hopefully he's the guy that can come in here and clean this up and get everybody motivated and ship shape and kind of turn a Flames team that should be in one of those top four playoff spots into that spot and launch them up. They're not that far out. Um, I don't know if that's a sign of how, bad the north division is or just how competitive it is but calgary's still got a shot to get back into the playoff picture and hopefully uh when daryl gets off his tractor and feeding his cows that he'll be uh able to take the flames to that next level uh michael anything you want to add before we uh shut it down for the day uh
1: just one quick thing is that i'm really excited to see how ryan husker does this weekend i know we've both been kind of high on him like i i was really impressed with how well he did on the development front in stockton and uh I'm looking forward to see how he kind of does managing an NHL bench for a couple games and with not a lot of pressure on him. I think we were talking about he might just kind of give him some free reign. But I'm also I don't know, I'm a, I I've don't kind of always been in his corner since he's with uh, Kelowna back in the WHL, and I think giving him this little taste of being head coach uh, should only be better for him. Maybe he'll be a successor down the road to Sutter if he retires again. I I
0: don't know. I'm just excited to see that uh, over the weekend here. Yeah, he should get at least two, he'll get, he will, not he should, he will at least get two games to run the team, and I'm kind of with you, we, we did talk about that, there's really no pressure on him to do anything, I mean, obviously you don't want to lose these two games and get blown out, but at the same time, it's not like he's out there performing for his job, you know, it's not like he's like, alright, we fire the coach, Ryan, take over, Let's see, let's see how you do and see if you're a candidate to run this team, he's not, they already have their head coach coming in, so he can just go out and just take a deep breath and just coach hockey. You know, doesn't have to worry about you know what what his system is going to be for the rest of the season. He's just got to get through a couple games, you know, and you know, hopefully, you no know, he does well. I he I'm with you. I I like what he's done with Stockton. You know, he's had good players down there. He's had, you know, he's done well with them. So I I'm I'm interested to see how it goes for him. I'm happy for him. You know, I mean, as much as you you know you never like to see a guy get fired. You know, now Huska finally getting the chance to. You know, hold the reins of an NHL team for a couple games. So I, I think it's cool, and I I appreciate you bringing that up. So, yeah, good stuff. Hopefully, um, you know, he's successful and has some fun. Uh, One thing we probably should touch upon is we would like to send our condolences to the Gretzky family on the passing of Wayne's father. That came down uh, last night, just as the Flames game was ending, I believe. It was. I actually remember looking down at the clock. It was like eleven thirty Eastern time. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, not terrible story, but you know, sad story out of the NHL is the. You know, the father of the NHL's face of the league forever uh, passed away last night. So uh, we would like to send our condolences to the Gretzky family. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can find us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iTunes. Just search up Matchsticks and Gasoline or the Tinderbox, and you will find us there under the Calgary Flames Podcasts. Also, you can find us on the web at www.matchsticksand, the word and is spelled out, A-N-D, gasoline.com, on Twitter, at GY, and on Facebook, Matchsticks and Gasoline. Michael, thank you so much for coming on. Brighter days are hopefully ahead for the Flames. Daryl Sutter announced last night and full press conference today as Calgary's new head coach for this season and two more beyond that. We thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Tinderbox.